Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Previously on Chaotic Normal, the crew of Malora's Borealis, after having secured some relative safety for travelers in Port Providence, went and reported their successful work to their benefactor, Galen Primewater. He then investigated some rumors about town and then secured a hookup for a number of livestock to trade to the ghoul captains of the Burati, undead travelers of the sea that traded in magic items. Piquing the curiosity of the crew, they agreed to meet them near the Merfolk Isles, where they were also needing to head to meet with the Kraken Priestess to get rid of the dreaded Kraken curse that was befalling Rubert. After trading items, the crew now sails towards the Merfolk Isles in search of the Kraken Priestess. But will they find more than just the Priestess? Will they find death beneath the waves? Let us find out on Chaotic Normal, The Shattered Isles. day after the crew of the Melora's Borealis made its sail to the uh, faithful quartermasters of Buriat. You've been sailing about the Merfolk Isles since then, occasionally uh, spotting land and moving your ship towards that small island in this scattered archipelago, uh, but only to find that it is either uninhabited or inhabited by a small uh fishing village that's perhaps three buildings in total or more often than not as you get close you see goblins with wretched short bows starting to loose arrows at you from the shore those islands you're sure to steer clear of or just this morning though it's you know it's been maybe 20 hours since you've set off from uh, your trade you stopped in and rode the or you stopped in to uh, and threw down anchor rather, to uh, chat with a fishing vessel in the area, a fishing vessel several days out from Uskarn, and you asked them for information about uh, about the ruins of Warthal Keel. 
the fishermen simply laughed at you and uh, told you that uh, if they knew where to find the lost treasures of Val Stooge, they'd find or take them their, their yeah, they'd take them themselves. Uh, they went on their way. Uh, you not wanting to provoke the pirates of Uskarn into attacking uh, by sinking a vessel that brings them their daily catch. But now you find yourselves adrift at sea, still wondering and still trying to determine how might you find the ruins of Warthalkiel out here amidst the uh, spanning archipelago of small islands, and for the most part, the islands here are hardly above the ground. It's mostly atolls, rings, like rings of uh, land with sinking craters on the inside. Uh, all of them giving name to this whole archipelago of Merfolk Isle. So named, one, because as legend holds, it's rife with the communities of Merfolk and, and all other peoples beneath the sea. But more geographically, it's named Merfolk, or it's made, named the Merfolk Isles, because no one could manage to scrape a life out in this archipelago, save for somebody who lives beneath the waves. So you find yourself amidst the sea of atolls and small islands, searching for the ruins of Warthal Kiel, the town who pray, uh, prayed and worshipped the Kraken Valstuge, or as they uh, named him, uh, the Kraken Valestroth. Valstuge being the uh, wet-speak translation of Valestroth. But um, you've been searching for the town of Warthal Kiel, or rather the ruins of it. This town who once uh, worshipped Valstuge, a.k.a. Valestroth, until they turned after a missionary came to them and gave them uh, better reasons, and they turned their worship to Melora, the goddess of the sea, and to her uh, lover, the storm father, Cord. And as they turned from worship of this abyssal, fiendish thing, this deep creature, this elder god, this Valstuge, they angered that god. They ceased to give him devotions, and so the kraken rose from its ancient depths and broke the very land on which the uh, which Warthalkiel stood. The cliff caved in, and the entirety of the town toppled into the sea, consumed by the very ocean whose goddess they worshipped. The ruins of Warthalkiel have for a hundred years laid beneath the waves. Most people ignore it or don't even remember that it existed. A simple lesson of why not to worship the deep, that alien part of the ocean where you go so far down that lanternfish exist and giant squid uh, are born. But while people of the land seem to not care about Warthal Keel, you had learned from the merfolk that you rescued from the slavers on Providence Isle uh, that there was a kraken priestess named Yalaga who apparently dwells in the ruins of Warthal Keel. So you've been seeking it out because the merfolk said that if anyone could help you lift this kraken curse that uh, Rubert now bears, it would be the uh, kraken priestess Yalaga. Uh, Yalaga Maladwin, as she's named. Um, so you've come here, ser uh, searching her out, knowing you have, at this point, until nightfall, 
before uh, the Kraken rises from its ancient depths and comes to seek to claim the Melora's Borealis. And so you find yourself on an anxious deck, uh, shuffling around, trying to uh, figure out what to do. The crew is antsy. Um, have you let slip that there is a Kraken curse upon this boat? No. Yeah, I think we try to keep that one under wraps. I need keep a deception check from the crew, or from these these officers, to see how well you've kept that under can, la- wraps. Can I give um, extra grog to give advantage for this, because they've not been as perceptive? Yeah, I'd let that grant a plus two bonus to, these, uh, to everyone's check. So good. Wait, all of us? What if I'm, like, hiding in the navigation room? I'm sure over to the trip here, because it's been, like, five... Or, it's been six days since the curse was taken. You've done a lot in that time. Um, it's basically this is to measure how good of a job you've done to hide that. And this is it a deception? Deception, yeah. I need a group deception. All right. Okay. Plus, plus two? Mm-hmm. 24. Ooh. That was uh, 11. 11, 24. Five. Five. I I was safe in the navigation room, but I was a little loud in my critiques. (laughs) Um, So the crew's passive skills is based on their quality score, which you recall got increased to uh, two after (laughs) uh, the uh, successful vanquishing of the uh, pirates of the Sea Ghost, meaning their passive perception is actually... 12 or passive perception and insight is actually 12 as a crew so i needed at least half of you to succeed but i heard an 11 a 6 and a 5 yeah um so plus two. Oh, was that with the plus two everyone yeah even that 11 my yes my 11 was with the plus <laughs> here's your chance to shamelessly lie <laughs> that's a shame uh so unfortunately uh while Rubert and uh, Jules managed to keep a tight uh, lip about it, uh, Zelnern at one point was describing, no, you got to keep, like, someone didn't want to eat one item of food. He's like, oh, well, you're going to need it because we're rowing out towards the Kraken. Um, at one point, Phil was saying, yeah, we're going to need to uh, make these holes thicker, you know, in case, like, a tentacle breaks through. I've seen that before, drawing a lot of crew's suspicion about why they need to reinforce against Krakens. And uh, and Celeste, a few crew members have noticed how you're uh, constantly on deck trying to chart the omens and uh, flipping through, and every time you see something that might reference a Kraken, you curse loudly and then storm back into the navigation's chamber. Um, I even came out this morning super excited and yelled at Rubert and the crew and was like, it's okay, the healer's on the horizon and there's four stars at the, stars at the zenith, so we got all wheel today. Don't worry about it. And then I went back inside. And so this is you using your cosmic omen ability that determines if the uh, if the prophecy is wheel or woe today? Yes, and I got wheel. So I was very excited and let it slip even further that we are heading towards a kraken. I like it. Thank you, Celeste. Don't so you worry, everyone. The general mood of the crew is uh, disenchanted with you. No one has raised to a mutiny yet, but there is an anxiety that permeates the entirety of the ship uh you're afraid that the crew might actually take a mutiny score if by nightfall 
they or a mutiny check if by nightfall they do not have uh or you haven't lifted this curse uh a, a mutiny check for those who don't know uh, is described on appendix a of uh the ghost of salt marsh book on page 196 uh, I will roll a d20, and if the check is between 1 and 9, the crew's quality score will decrease by 1. If the check total is 0 or lower, the, crew's mu- uh, the crew mutinies. Zero, oh, it's, sorry, rather, it's the captain must make a charisma intimidation or persuasion check that is uh, has the crew's quality score um, added to it, basically. Um so if the check is between one and nine, the quality score decreases uh, by one. If the check total is zero or lower, the crew mutinies and become hostile to you all. So, Rubert, you're probably able to keep them under uh, control for a bit. What's your persuasion modifier? Uh, plus ten. Plus ten. So, and you'd have the you no longer really have the crew supporting you at that point at a plus zero. So you have a uh, you're guaranteed, I guess, tonight to not have an issue. But tomorrow, as you're fleeing the Kraken, there's a chance. Uh, can we uh, assist the crew in the mutiny? This is... Can. <laughs> yeah, you can. can. They'll, they'll, so as you've seen in the past in all of your series of mutinies, you've been... Uh, the mutinies are done against the captain, not okay. against Just the officers. Checking. And the officers always have the freedom to join in on the mutiny. And it's a great chance for officers to become the captain. Okay. <laughs> Celeste, so, you got wheel, right? Not well? Just checking. It's all wheel today, my friend. All right. We, the cards got our backs. <laughs> for whom? The stars are on our side as usual. Jules, I would, um, I would like you to gather the crew uh, at some point today. I would like to address the current situation that stands before us. Sounds good, Captain. I'll be below deck most of the day, I think, holding office hours, trying to put out fires. Most people have uh, issues they're bringing up now that there's some uh, unrest. To that, uh, Jules, describe to me what your uh, your deck board or your shipboard office is like. Okay, so office is a bit of a strong word, but I did manage to requisition <laughs> a nice, uh, a nice, you know, like knee high crate. Um, I blocked off a little corner of the mid deck with a uh, piece of canvas that I managed to scavenge up and that's on two sides actually. So it's like a little cubicle almost. Wow. And uh, yeah, come in the flap, have a seat. There's only one crate. So uh, you'll have to either sit on the ground or stand, I guess. And is that, is that a requisitions issue or a power move? Purely requisitions issue, but I try to play it off, you know? Yeah, we just can't we can't spare a single crate. Um, well, as you find yourself on this, uh, or as you find yourself actually down in there, uh, Jules, in your office, a uh, crew member uh, steps before you. That is, he is a half orc. This um, man, um, and he's he's a deck swabber. He has no real uh, value to your crew, uh, and he sits down. He says. Thank you, thank you for having me today, uh, <clears throat> uh Mister M- M- Miss Miss uh, uh, Jules Master. And he you looks at you, Jules. Jules, oh Jules, all right, no, Jules. Oh. You can call me yeah. Jules. I'm Mackler, but I guess you could call me Mackie. Okay. No, you can call me Mackler. Whatever you want to call me. 
Uh, mm. Sorry, I'm just nervous. I uh, I just wanted, you know, to uh, as, uh I'm just curious about. I'm worried about the Kraken. Are we gonna okay. get sunk up? I once served on a ship called the Glimmering Eel, and I heard stories about what happens when you get sunk up by a Kraken. I don't want to get sunk up if I can avoid it. Uh, I've also actually been attacked myself. Um, And you killed it? Well, see, that's the problem. We weren't in charge of the ship back then. Uh, But now, now we're in control. And we know what we're doing, and we're not going to let this boat sink. Yeah, I'm going to need a deception because technically (laughs) you had by then successfully mutinied and were in control of the ship. You didn't have time to exercise that control, but you were technically. (laughs) I got a... Sorry, I I start saying the wrong thing, um, and then I have a coughing fit, and I use my lucky feet. And instead of getting a nine, I get a 26 and a crit. Wow. All right. Uh, he looks at you and says, oh, that's a good point. And what was that other ship? Was that the Sturge? Huh, that bastard had it coming to him. I hear he stole from pirates. Ain't no bigger sin than stealing from pirate. Except for, I suppose, raiding a church in Melora. That's a bigger sin. It goes church in Melora, stealing from pirates. Them's the two biggest sins, huh? Yeah, you know, I'm pretty new to this lifestyle, so I'll uh, take my crew's, uh, you know, knowledgeable opinion about that. But um, yeah, it is very important that we respect our uh, our colleagues here out on the open seas. Meckler, your deck swabby, nods and says, well, thanks, uh, Hey, listen, I saw some of the guys was getting more grog. Are we all getting more grog or is that just some guys? Now, you know I'm not in charge of that kind of thing. I'll have to go talk to Zelnurn about that one. I guess I will. All right. Yeah, he shoves out from the desk. It's just Zelnurn. He's, I don't know. I don't like turtles. Really? What's, yeah. uh, what do you not like about turtles? He seems like a great guy to me. He's too slow. He likes to take things deliberately, you know? Yeah. There's, some, there's some advantages to I'm just that, saying, so. you ever been at the end of the slop line as he's handing out food on a, on a busy Saturday? You ever been at the end of the line? Now you have it, you're an officer. You probably get front of the line. As a swabby, I'm in the back. It takes me a good hour to get served because he's making sure everyone gets exact right portions. Well, hell, there's still only the same amount for Meckler at the end. I'm just saying. You know, I'll have to talk to Zelnurn about that. Maybe there's something we can do to make sure people get their food before they go starving. Uh, he looks at you and says, Yeah, I feel hurt. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, and he shoves out from the table. And uh, yeah, I guess he was sitting on the ground. He stands up from the ground and you hear him creak and says, All right, I gotta get back to swabbing a deck. Uh, thanks. And he shuffles out of the room, out of your tarp. Um, Thank you. Conversations like that continue as the rest of you see the anxiety the crew is feeling, occasionally taking a uh, departing from their duties. Um, what do you turn your attention to? Is it trying to find the wreck of or the ruins of Warthal Kiel, or do you try to pay your attention to quelling the concerns of the crew today? Well, it sounds like uh, first order business is talking to Zelnern about why he's so slow handing out food to my beloved crew. <laughs> 
Uh, so Zelnern and Jules are arguing about food allocation <laughs> procedures, uh, while the rest of you, what decision? Or it's a what bonus you, episode. Yeah, <laughs> it's three hours. It's terrible. Uh, it on Patreon, it's worth every second. So, uh, what is everyone's priority today? And that's actually as a crew, your decision. Do you want to prioritize trying to quell this concern that the crew has about the Kraken coming, or finding the Warthal Keel? It's got to be finding. It's got to be finding the ruins. Um, I, I vote the Warthal Keel. Yeah, down. we don't have time. As much yeah. as I want to, uh, you know, dissuade the crew from mutiny and that our impending doom is on the horizon, it will be if we choose to talk. So, uh, the you know, Jules is doing what he can to quell the. Uh, problem but you can tell it's going to need a full effort to stim stimmy this crisis something you'll certainly need to do once the, uh, even if you do dispose of this crack and curse it's something you'll need to do um but the attention being turned then does the crew agree there i heard two loud votes so i just actually realized i want to make sure uh phil uh zelner and jules do you agree of paying your attention to uh finding the ruins of warthal keel yeah that sounds like a good Use of our time. Yep, definitely. Yeah, <clears throat> Phil's like oddly fallen in line. Like when people tell him to do stuff, he's doing it and not <laughs> giving any lip. I don't trust Phil enough for that to be a good thing. Yeah, checking <laughs> in on people. Hey, Zeldern, you need anything? Um, All right, you're good. Okay. Said, oh, okay. No, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to overspeak. What did you need? If you wanted to help me wash some dishes. That would be really nice. I've only just been rinsing them out with seawater, and I think there's an extra funk coming in from from in here. Um, especially with all the animals, it just isn't great. Yeah, of course, I would love to do that. And then I go and do that. I do stuff like that. All right. Uh so how as a crew or as a crew how are you planning on finding these ruins of warthal keel you, all you know is that one of the uh farthest reaching islands of the merfolk isles had the uh cliffs collapsing or had the cliff collapse when the kraken apparently struck the cliffs sinking the cliffside down down into the water it's said that Warthal Keel is buried a hundred feet beneath the sur or a hundred feet beneath the uh, surface of the water. There we go. Um, beneath the waves. That's the word I was looking for. You um, drowned in the uh, or drowned there, a hundred feet beneath the waves, um, but is supposedly at the shore of one of the many isles of Murf the Merfolk Isles. You've been searching for a bit. How do you try and find the ruins of War Falkiel? Celeste, what was what your card say? To look for the healer on the horizon. And then we'll see the crack that needs to be healed. So just go a direction, that's your interest. Oh, no, well also the I mean the Merfolk also gave us directions, right? When Jules talked to her as a thank you. That's true. She gave you a direction. We, she gave we were you also studying the tide maps as well to try That's to true. find it. So it's like we've been looking, like looking for it. Wait, if we have to look on the horizon, does Lenora the archer see anything? She looks across the horizon and shouts, "Pirate!" No, uh, uh, <laughs> she does not signal pirates. Uh, she uh, calls out, 
There's an atoll ahead! Land ho! Uh, circumvented, I think? I don't think we want to land there yet. <laughs> right? Celeste? North by northwest! Up the starboard bow! Wait, no. Yeah, starboard bow! Lenora, do you see a crack in the cliffs? That looks like a kraken could have gotten okay. it. You got us here, okay? I'd like to see you do better. It looks like exactly the kind of cliff that happens when a kraken breaks it. Similar to what our ship's going to look like when the kraken breaks our ship. Because we're all damn dead. We signed on to a dead man's boat. Okay, you enough. cursed okay. all, all of right. us. Okay. Lenora, all that's right. not what I asked, okay? Just let all the stars not. be stars and let the sea lead us to where she wants to take us. You look <laughs> around at the uh, crew who's kind of like let ropes <laughs> slack in. And uh, one crew member says, you cursed all of us. You did this because of what you done on that boat. Someone else says, Aye, you, you shouldn't have killed the poor hags. You should have paid them whatever they were asking. Given them the gold price not to have us cursed. Somebody else adds, it's because of that woman, isn't it? You should have cut her throat because she insulted Melora. You shouldn't have taken her to shore. That's why we were cursed, ain't it? And somebody adds, I bet you it's because we didn't take the uh, Zilkomnis ship. This one's cursed. It's a devil's boat. And uh, the crew is suddenly in an uproar, distressed about the issue of the Kraken once more. They seem to have ceased their duties and are in a fervor. Fervor? Fervor. Oh god, I wish I didn't give them so much grog now. <laughs> Jesus. What can, is I, it, uh, can I try and calm them down? How do you do that? Hey, listen, everyone. You know... Someone's going to succeed here and claim claim power over the Kraken. Times are trying, but just wait, I promise you. And it's really open-ended. <laughs> I'll let you attempt a persuasion. Uh, Twelve. Uh, it does not seem to uh, incite the crew to mutiny, but, you know, they're still not falling under uh, under rule the ship is performing in poor quality now as it uh only some of the crew members are actually doing their jobs others are meeting to collude and canoodle and not canoodle collude and discuss uh you know what what's what caused this curse right now no one's talking about mutiny but the focus is on what caused the curse can i try to read the crowd and see if it's like do they need like an inspiring speech or do they need like more food or do they need like some sort of like religious pep talk? Make an insight to see what the crew needs. Uh, 15. Um, as best you can determine the crew there right now, it's uh, somebody convincing them that the ship can't be sunk by a kraken. Now that's a lie. You know that the ship absolutely can, but they are afraid of the ship sinking. If someone could convince them the ship is a nerd to krakens in some way, or as Jules would, uh, did for uh, for um, 
as Jules did for Meckler, that would help. Not like, you know, like telling him, oh, now that we're under control. But again, you can you know this is kind of a lasting condition. And if you fill your day with focusing on trying to create these treat these crew concerns, you'll it'll take until nightfall to do so, at which point it is too late to stop the Kraken curse. The only way to stop them or quell the fear of a Kraken is to stop put a stop to the Kraken itself. We need to keep looking for these merfolk. I understand that everyone is upset. This is me talking to the officers as like throughout the day, like tensions are running high. Uh, Jules, I know you and that merfolk seem to get close. Have you managed to find a way to stay in contact at all? Uh, did I? Let's see. I couldn't get it to write its name, right? I think you got her to eventually write her name. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah, you can. I can write the name or the myth. Oh, wait. A creature can use its action to write its name. Okay, so I got her name. Also, I got the name of that uh, cursed woman, right? The one who yes. makes boats shink and sink. That's true. Cool. Okay, uh, yeah, I did manage to uh, get, get it in the book. Um, is there something we want to ask her? It's more precise sense of direction, like what stars do they see above them? And then perhaps Celeste can use that to navigate towards them. Something along those lines. I'm grasping at straws here. Yeah, that's a good point. It might be hard. Sea straws. Since she doesn't, uh, you know, know what maps really are. But yeah, maybe if she could kind of convey the constellations or something. Can she Um, see the stars? She's usually underwater. That's true. Maybe she can surface. <laughs> well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe she'll have something that we can't anticipate. Uh, I, I kind of go into the corner and pull out my book and start writing a message in it um, to the merfolk saying, um, basically just describing the situation. Hey, Jules, I don't know if she can speak wet speak, but didn't these sending stones we have like speak wet speak so maybe whatever you say we talk into one of them and then whatever comes out the other ear you write it down so she understands it i don't know maybe i'm thinking too far into this let me see have i done this before how does this work i like to think that uh we've just been like chatting too i feel like jules was a little enamored uh but let's see i can also i get the message back as a um it appears on the page so i can read it so what's the sending that you send to her? So basically, so what, what we want to just find the, what's the name of the place? Um, Warthal Keel. Warthal Keel. Basically, I just ask her if she knows of it and um, for any information she could give us about how to find it. Um, the response you get back is seek where man builds beneath the water where basking rocks shine brightly so white where the lizard folk hold their games look for pillars on land wow Uh, she's very poetic 
It's like she's a DM. Uh, <laughs> I wonder, you know, she was, I was talking to her again uh, the other day and she was telling me about this really interesting game, the Merfolk play under the water. Um, they create a board out of kelp and then they take little pebbles and move them around as if they're fighting battles. They tell each other elaborate stories. That's very interesting. <laughs> oh yeah, spear hammer. I've heard of that. Spear. <laughs> you have war hammers. <laughs> so, uh, so she's described some basking rocks uh, and told you to look for pillars on land. Um, which you give this instructions to uh, you give these instructions to uh, the archer up in the. Uh, crow's nest to keep an eye out for and she does seem to be doing her job though she does occasionally shout information down that uh stirs up more trouble as she says something cresting on the horizon um (laughs) instead of communicating that it's whales she just communicates that something's over there causing a fervor or like a, a a worry among the crew until she says whale um, to which some of the crew say, maybe if we eat the or capture a whale, we can offer it to the kraken as sacrifice. Um, meanwhile, the the crew continues in its dark discussions, worried and wondering, clearly fretting as the seeds of mutiny are sown throughout your ship. But you steer your way through the sea. Uh, who is? Or I need the navigator here. So the uh, Celeste, you following the. Uh, words given to you by jewels and the directions or uh landmarks called out by the archer i need you to make a uh, survival check to see how well you can navigate here that'd be with advantage maybe yeah i'll give you bardic inspiration as well anyone got a guidance to throw at her too i got a guidance inspiration again it's a d8 you can add to any attack roller ability check do I get to add my uh, wheel to this as a reaction? Yeah, you can. Uh, and uh, and my guidance too. So D D four. Red. All right. So uh, so Celeste, what was your uh, navigation check there? I got a twenty eight. So I just start what pulling, the fuck? So I just start pulling out my deck and my taroka, and I start laying out all the cards. And I, yeah, it's like Kraken. I didn't even know that was in there. It's yeah, like to the left. Draw, That's not a like card. I draw the merchant, and then I draw the evoker, and then I draw the torture, and I notice the merchant's upside down. So I shift, and I look to the left, and I see where all three of those triangulate, and I point us right to where we need to go. That's super cool. And uh, I'm like, healer, yeah. baby. We're on a wheel day. Using this navigation technique and combining it with prophecy uh, from your, uh, your Taroka deck, you look around the water and uh, start drawing out the star chart or like the charts and navigations. You submit that over to uh, whoever's working the wheel and you give a heading. And the, the crew lazily, or not lazily, but half heartedly turns. You actually find yourselves having to work the ship. And in fact, uh, as you're starting to navigate the ship over there, the currents get a little rough uh, here in the Merfolk Isles. You're reaching the channel, or you are, the Merfolk Isles are the entrance to the Channel of Drowned Honor, so named for how many ships have been wrecked and ruined upon it, but specifically named for the Jalarin uh, conquistadors who viewed themselves as knights or paladins, although they were paladins of uh, gods of tyranny and domination. 
but still held honor as a result, how their entire naval fleet was drowned in this channel. Uh, the Merfolk Isles are sort of the last point before that channel gains full strength, and so the tides pull hard here. And beyond the channel of drowned honor, the entire northern barrier is said to be a reef of undead coral. That's right, coral that's undead. Um, and so those rough waters are grabbing you here. The crew attempting to work through it, but many of them taking long breaks. Breaks you don't have time to uh, uh, get under control. So the ship is going to make, with disadvantage, uh, or whoever is piloting, you get to choose who, is going to make a sailing check. It's going to be wisdom, plus their proficiency in ships, um, which you all are proficient in ships. So it's just a wisdom plus proficiency check. Uh, with disadvantage to represent how well you're able to uh, physically get the ship the directions that uh, Celeste is calling for and this will determine how long it takes you. Who has the highest wisdom? I think it's you. Can you also make this check? <laughs> you said with disadvantage? Yes, because the crew isn't helping. 19. Damn. Heck yeah, that's good nice. enough. I needed a 15. With disadvantage, wow. My lowest roll was a 15. So, Celeste, you managed to uh, get the ship there despite the lackluster crew. You compensate for that as you're working the wheel, occasionally going around and you know telling the officers to work up a certain rope or place a oar here. At one point, you tell Zildner he needs to dump out a pot of some food. He asks why, and you say it just it makes sense. The stars need it. Just dump the pot, and when you do, the wind catches just right, and uh, you're able to make the ship move. It doesn't make sense why, but as the uh, omens of wheel work through you, uh, the ship makes great time, and it's no later than noon that Melora's Borealis spots the cliffs of Warthal Keel. Lenora the Archer calls it first. Cliffs ahead! Pillar on it! Few signs of things in the water... And as you get closer to this, uh, and, uh, and closer to this cliff, you draw the ship towards it. Now, all that's really left of the island that Warthal Keel once sat upon after it's before, since it's breaking, is a atoll. So, a crescent of land uh, with a shallow pool in it, harboring warmer water, full of life. But then a lar- or the back end of this atoll, the southern end, is a great cliff face that towers up maybe uh, 50 feet out of the water. A few old, almost Grecian-style white pillars sit toppled on it. These don't look like the... Uh, or Actually, as you look at it, they do remind you of the Ancient One ruins that you found when you were stealing the treasure of... Uh, uh, of um, Captain Goldier. Um, but you see that, or as you sail closer, you your eyes are keenly focused not on this cliff face, not on the pillars up there, but on the waters beneath. This, as your ship cuts through the otherwise still water, you see through the beautiful turquoise water fish swimming in countless swarms, 
moving all the way down to about a hundred feet below you, were rippling beneath the uh, currents. You see the uh, outlines of several buildings uh, down below. There is stone ruins piled high below you. Um, he, you realize, or however, you make out there seems to be only three structures properly standing, and those structures, as odd as it is, still have roofs, shingled roofs still on them, deep beneath the ocean. The rest of the town seems to have been laid to waste and ruin, but it is pure, through pure fortune or divine intervention that made these three structures hold when the entire cliff face fell into the sea. However, uh, all of this, uh, these ruins down below you seem to be pockmarked by uh, two geological features. Oh, sorry, actually, I said there was three. There's four buildings. Uh, or, yeah, four buildings. Uh, but it's pockmarked by th- two key geographical features. One large spire of rock that juts out from the ground and thrusts 80 feet above the water, twisting, almost looking like the tentacle of a stone uh, octopus. And then a chasm spanning maybe 30 feet on a side. Yeah, 30 feet on a su- across and stretching down into untold, unfathomable blackness. So you find yourselves in 100 foot deep water above the ruins of Warthal Keel, or the ruins of something. Um, do you call for anchor to be dropped here, or do you intend to sail past it, drop anchor outside of Warthal Keel, and row back to it? I don't have any knowledge of whether Merfolk would see this as a slight, so drop anchor. I Wait, I ask the uh, Merfolk lady. Uh, you do another sending door. How freely can you cast that? You know, it's a great question, and I'm glad you asked it. Okay. Do you have an answer for me, or is it just your you know, uh, appreciative? I do have an answer, and that answer is... I don't think there's a limit. I don't believe that. What's it new, called? Uh, Farscribe. A new page appears in your book. Blah, 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 blah. The limit is you can con- it only can contain three names. Uh, that is reasonable. But as an action, it's very good. It is pretty good. But you gave up being a good caster by being a <laughs> warlock. <laughs> Got <laughs> you. And choosing the yeah the tome. Theoretically, every other war or like wizard at this level could have seven spell slots they dedicate to scr- uh, to sending, and then the two spell slots they dedicate to fighting. Instead, he just has to have the two spell slots he dedicates to fighting. Uh, so, uh, cool. Um, so you reach out to her, do a sending to her, um, and all you, or what you receive back is caution against breaking building, sacred all that which dwells within. Yalaga welcoming to those respectful trespass not come as guests take and break and you shall suffer 
Captain, I think we shouldn't put our anchor down here. Did I say drop anchor? I said prop accordingly over there. No. Now, fortunately for you, you look down and you realize there's like two crew members on the deck and they're playing cards. Uh, They stopped listening to you at this point. uh, And uh, a lot of them are below deck and you can hear a murmur from there. So you look down to try and correct your uh, call out and realize it's up to you to drop your own capstan. Oh, no, don't worry, guys. I got it. Hey, I'm here. I'm on it. I'm working. What do you need me to do? Uh, What are those two crew members names? Uh, you look over to the two crew members, and as I pull up the crew of the Glimmering Eel, because that's, I apparently, for a different pirate ship, wrote out a 20-page description of everyone on board, and I did this in 2008. I don't know why, but, you know, thank God for f- 16 years ago, me. Uh, hey, don't date you this. Find- it's going to be recorded in 20. 20- 2012 we don't know (laughs) (laughs) fine uh look or thank god for a person who 16 years before 2022 was me um you find uh ven uh he is a wood elf rigger of this boat whose job it is to help rig the vessel um you find ven and martin uh martin's role according to me 16 years ago is ship role so I failed to enter that point. Uh, Ven and Martin, both of them ship riggers, um, are sitting there playing cards. Yeah. Uh, Rubert tells Phil to go drop anger and he'll go help him. But he's going to remember that Ven and Martin were not doing their duty. Oh, no, Martin and Ven. <laughs> All right. Um so you are dropping the anchor here in Warthal Keel, or do you wait till the ship's a little outside of it? Outside of it, and then take the Naughty Dreams. All right, uh, you go to uh, drop that anchor, and as you sail north of it, uh, like your ship was coming from south and headed towards north, you are terrified to witness beneath you the turquoise, beautiful, wondrous blue water begins to fade to infinite blackness beneath you. It is still uh, crisp and blue at the surface, but that chasm opens up, parting itself wide, incredibly wide, until it seems to be as if a cliff face drops off and all of this hundred foot water and surf er, around you, the land fades, dropping off a clear underwater cliff that spreads for an infinite distance distance in the channel of drowned honor. Um, you pull the ship back, uh, try and drop the anchor, and you feel satisfied when it hits uh, the ground and drags through the sand. You are aware that anchors don't stay perfectly still. They do shift and pull with the current. Um, and you're aware that you at least ought to keep crew members on board to uh, manage the ship because it is possible the pull of the channel of drowned honor will sweep up the ship and drag that anchor over the cl- that sub submerged cliff's edge 
and uh, then force the ship freely along down the channel of drowned honor off towards where they say lurks the devouring gyre, the remnants of the Everstorm that still churns in an everlasting whirlpool at the edge of creation where all ships that reach it are consumed and devoured and offered up to the sailor's devil. Good to know. Doesn't sound pleasant. Uh, before you opt not to go there, yeah, not not <laughs> not right now. Maybe maybe after we deal with this Kraken thing, goes Kraken, devouring Gyre, dwarf hold. Uh, <clears throat> Jules, can you gather the crew before we depart? I can try. <laughs> I try. You do manage to gather them, although. They think it's clearly to talk about where you got the curse. <clears throat> All right. I'm here to address, well, the Kraken in the room, as it were. That was, uh, side note, that was, that was not me. That was Celeste who said that in chat. <laughs> you snooze, you lose, Celeste. You gotta say it out loud to get the likes and the uptokes. The manatee on the, board the mutiny. <laughs> the manatee in the room. The manatee in the bay. There we go. As you are all very well aware at this point, I I am cursed. I am not going to shy away from that. There is a kraken at our very heels. But that is why we are here. We are here to put a stop to this Kraken curse. We are going to descend, talk to a merfolk priestess who is very well acquainted with this sort of curse. They dealt with the dealt with it themselves once. But even if we are not able to cleanse ourselves of this curse, look at yourselves. We took down the dreaded sea ghost, all of you. We did what all thought was impossible. Took down one of the most dreaded pirate crews, haranguing everyone across the Shattered Isles. And we did it with gusto. You. And you. Even you. I would... There is not a man or... No, I think he was pointing to me. I did it. I'm the one what killed three crew members aboard. Says a new crew member. That's right. You did. <laughs> and I would expect you to do it again aboard this ship, Maloris Borealis, with the goddess... That's right. I'll kill three crew members aboard the Maloris Borealis no. when okay. the time comes. Right. Okay. Let's this. hold our horses. Aye, aye. I would keep going, Captain. Mm-hmm. You're doing great. Thanks. Says apparently someone who will not mutiny. Even if we are to face a Kraken, I would trust each and every one of you to be at my back as we took it down and sank its corpse to the bottom of the sea. So do not lose heart. We are the crew of Malora's Borealis, and we will face any foe that is at our bow. Try to keep up as much of it as we can, and then we will feast like kings. Hey, I just want to clarify for the captain, the ship's cursed too, so don't fucking leave without us. Thanks. 
Thank you, everyone. <laughs> I'll let you make a performance to see how well the crew takes this. Uh, obviously, advantage for the uh, the great additions added by your fellow <laughs> officers. I cast guidance uh, as I'm like flipping through the Taroka. You look through the truck and you're like, all right, he's going to do well. Oh, he stole my joke, but okay, fine. Hey, hey. He's going to do wheel. <laughs> so, well. Oh, plus a D4, right? Okay, yeah. Jesus. Uh, 20. Wow. All right. Uh, despite their, nine. <laughs> despite their discontent, the, uh, group is, uh, kind of rallied to this as you've been kind of presenting that they're going to win. Um, and, uh, you hearken to their own successes. Um, so the group seems, the crew seems somewhat rallied to this. They're not going to steal the vote while the officers are off board. That's basically what I was trying to stop them from doing. <laughs> no. The, you're also not going to risk... You know, frankly, though, the ship would just fl- sail down to Pestle and before it reaches the Devouring Gyre, so they'd be all sold in telchemical like, laboratories, so it's fine. Um, so, you uh, you managed to get the crew to not steal the boat while you disembark. Um, Captain of the Naughty Dreams, do you call for the uh, Naughty Dreams to be lowered? Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, put seawater dump a ton of seawater on it so we have cord in our heart i do weird uh weird stuff what is the word i'm looking for um i don't know what's it called when you like throw salt over your shoulder oh i do weird superstition oh um, oh, okay yeah it's a apotropaic magic yeah i i dump seawater over it i do weird superstitious stuff um and everyone's confused by what i'm doing a lot of the sailors on board do the same thing. They set the cats in the boat. They pull the cats out. Three women sailors get in and then get out just to make sure it has the favor of Cord and Melora. Uh, and then uh, the the Naughty Dreams is lowered. Wait, before it lowers, uh, can I cast water breathing on us? And then five random. That's a very good And then good five idea. random people who are on crew so that way they can entertain themselves for the next few. Don't do that. Don't do that. Do you let those crew members know that you've chosen them to survive the uh, Kraken attack and know the other people not, or do you keep it secret? How about we each pick our favorite crew member? <laughs> they should come with us to row the Naughty Dreams back so it doesn't get lost down the channel. Oh, that's aye, aye. A good call. That is a good call. Come on, Amory. This is your time to shine. Amory. You're coming with Auntie Celeste. <laughs> that's right. That's right, I'm real, and I've totally been here the whole time, says Amory, who is 12. Uh, And uh, he climbs into the naughty dreams and says, I'm ready to swashbuckle and win myself a mermaid queen. Uh, Four other sailors climb in and say, yeah, we're going to get ourselves a mermaid queen. While another one says, I'm looking for a merman king. And uh, together, they all climb into the boat hoping to swashbuckle and claim their little mermaids. God, that's creepy that it's called the little mermaid when it's all about her trying to get married. Why not just call it the mermaid? Can we cut that part? Look at you, Disney. This is a note for me. I will edit this out. Future me, this is not going to be in the episode. (laughs) Until I said little mermaid, I had never thought about how upsetting that name is. 
That's very upsetting. They establish her as juvenile. Lots of Disney stuff's pretty creepy, to be fair. Marking end of edit here. Here we go, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Amory climbs on board and says, Glad to be on board again, because I'm here in real. Uh, And uh, so too do four other crew members who say, Aye, well, the sooner we can get this curse cured, the better. Someone else adds, aye, and if I happen to see myself a few merfolk, I won't mind. And they climb on board. Yeah, I was going to say bring Meepo. No, I want to leave Meepo on board. Meepo still below deck, because uh, you kept him in, like, not the brig, but next to it, uh, screeches out and says, I get seasick! I've been nauseous for the weeks! Oh no, Meepo. We, we know Meepo. Um, so you leave pathetic Meepo behind, and the rest of you uh, get the boat going. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Naughty Dreams is over-encumbered uh, with ten people. It's meant to hold five. Uh, as you lower into it, it looks like it's on the verge of sinking. If you had done this in rough waters, it would indeed sink. But you're doing it in this very calm spot that is Warthal Keel, um, which is calm which is fortunate because it means while swimming you don't have to make athletics checks to hold your place um and you row the boat out towards the center of warthal keel there looking down to the turquoise waters you see this town or the ruins of it buried beneath a hundred years of tidal shifting um very little overgrowth of kelp and seaweed um is expected and that's common everywhere as there's very little overgrowth of kelp and seaweed but as you look down below you the ruins seem infested with it this is a thing that brings a shudder to you and even amory looks down and says the weird kelp so named for it's said that kelp only grows so deep out here in the shattered isles Otherwise, the tropical water is too warm for it to grow. But if you get deep enough down, down to the weird kelp, down to the places called the deep, kelp begins to grow. And here, merely a hundred feet below you, below, or a hundred feet below the waves, you see seaweed and kelp growing amidst the ruins. As you look down there, the, the sailors all mutter mo- uh, prayers to Melora. And their prayers seem to be answered. Um, What's everyone's passive perception? 14. Uh, 15. 22. 10. 12. You look down to the water, Zelnern and uh, Celeste. Your eyes notice amidst the kelp that churns, you do see crabs moving. Um, Sometimes very large crabs churning, uh, moving. But the main thing that you see swimming amongst there are quipper swarms, um, individual quippers, which aren't a problem. Quipper swarms, which uh, when they get into a horror or a group like that, a swarm, quipper become a ravenous uh, type of fish. Uh, their serrated teeth, basically piranhas, becomes a problem for anyone swimming below. And also you notice a large number of octopi circling one building in particular. But as I said, the prayers of the sailors seem to be answered as they pray, pray towards Melora because the building that the Naughty Dreams is currently sort of floating over, you look down and realize it is a temple of Melora 
60 feet beneath, like its roof 60 feet beneath the waves. In fact, as you study the other buildings, there is many ruins here. But then uh, the four standing structures, one of them seems to be the waste or like the left behinds of a wind of a windmill windmill there we go of a windmill curiously beneath the water and yet its turbine blade still turns i don't know if it's called a turbine on an old style windmill but the blade still turns now pulled along by the currents and not by the wind one building appears to be a temple to melora one building seems to be a uh, public building uh of some religious decorum that's built in a strange human uh, it's definitely human construction but it is clearly built as an homage to the techniques and styles of the ancient ones um this then this is the smaller of the, the four buildings and then there is the other building that is clearly a temple uh in its distinction though not to Melora or any god you've ever seen. It has these odd cyclopean details, uh, strange curvatures and odd angles that don't behoo- or that, that seem to bespoke an alien nature to it. Though it is human design, it is reminiscent of many descriptions of Ancient One ruins. So basically you have a temple of Melora, a windmill, a bunch of ruins, a municipal building inspired by the Ancient Ones, and a temple that is clearly a passion project or a love letter to the Ancient Ones. Let's dive on in. Tip of the cap to all the real chaotic normies out there. How y'all doing? It's me, your friend Ryan, who plays your favorite bard, Robert Graysand, on Chaotic Normal, The Shattered Isles. Hope everyone's doing well out there. Hope you had a good day. It's the uh, spring has sprung uh, in both uh, Shattered Isles and across this great, great world of ours. Well, Northern Hemisphere, I think Southern Hemisphere is now fall. I don't know how it works. I'm not a geologist. But uh, thanks so much for listening. Be sure to rate and review on iTunes. Share with any friends, colleagues, coworkers, pets, um, the neighbor down the hall that you don't really keep up with. But, you know, leave a pie at their doorstep and a link to the podcast. Uh, no big announcements. Just uh, same old, same old. Send any questions, comments, concerns, and your favorite speaking of pies your favorite homemade pie recipe send that over to chaoticnormalpod at gmail.com in addition um i they used a little additional music in this episode hoping to get really get putting my editing hat on and uh you can check out the additional credits in the show notes uh but nothing nothing new for me here um and i'll talk to you next week so until then bye 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.